everybody and welcome to the All Things Rugby League podcast. Today we are going to be previewing round four's Friday night footy games. We've got two very interesting clashes this week for Friday night footy. The first one kicking off at six o'clock from Amy Park. It is the Melbourne Storm back at home against the Battling Wests Tigers. And then we have the Battle of Brisbane, Battle for Brisbane. Somebody's going to have to clear that up for me because I keep hearing different things. Anyway, it's the Broncos versus the Dolphins from Suncorp Stadium. We'll get to the battle in Brisbane in a little bit, but first we're going to have a look at the game that is kicking off at 6 o'clock, which is going to see the Melbourne Storm coming off two losses in a row, which we haven't seen for a while, and I can't imagine Craig Bellamy's been a picnic with to be around as a result against the West Tigers, who won the Wooden Spoon last year, and somehow it has managed to go even further downhill from there. That's quite an achievement for the West Tigers. So both these clubs will be really desperate to get out there and have a good performance and get some competition points on the board in this one. The Melbourne Storm will be desperate to get this win at home after two very disappointing losses, not just for their fans at Amy Park, but also for their own personal well-beings, because as we all know, head coach Craig Bellamy has is known to have a very good control over his temper and is probably the most mellowed out and calm and quiet human being in existence. The Storm receive a huge boost and none too soon as well with Cameron Munster making his return from that compound dislocation in his finger. However, the poor Melbourne Storm can't cut a trick because Jerome Hughes will be missing this game due to serving a two-game suspension for a shoulder charge obtained in last week's loss against the Titans. The team list for the Melbourne Storm, Nick Meaney will line up at fullback in place of the still injured and no confirmed return date Ryan Pappenhausen. Will Warbrick and Xavier Coates are the wingers, Raymond Smith and Justin Olam in the centres. Cameron Munster makes the long-awaited and desperately needed return at 5'8 with Jonah Pazette, the debutant from last week, partnering him in the halves in place of Jerome Hughes, who is again serving a suspension. Tui Kamakamika and Christian Welch in the front row. Harry Grant at hooker. Trent Liero and Ellie Katoa, who's enjoying the start to his life as a Melbourne Storm player. In the back row, Josh King will lock the scrum. And on the bench is Tyron Wishart, the utility. Alec McDonald, Tarek Sims, who had a good first game for the Storm last week, including scoring a try, and Bronson Garlic. The players to watch for the Melbourne Storm, well, the number one has to be the main man, Cameron Munster. His return could not have come at a better time for Melbourne. They desperately need to get a win on the board after losing two in a row against the Bulldogs and the Titans, games that they were comfortably favoured to win. I mean, we all know the Melbourne Storm. We all know how they work. They're going to have to bounce back sooner or later. And I imagine tonight at home at Amy Park against the West Tigers, who are struggling is going to, this is going to be the night, and I think Cameron Munster is going to be the man that will lead them there. Though it will be interesting to see how Cameron Munster goes, having to be the organiser and senior playmaker as well, considering he is partnering rookie Jonah Pazette as opposed to his usual partner in Jerome Hughes. So whether that'll take away from Cameron Munster's ability to play eyes up footy, we'll have to wait and see. However, Cameron Munster definitely has the skills, experience, and what it takes between the years to get the Melbourne Storm home. But it will also be on Harry Grant, the number nine, who is my second person to watch for the Melbourne Storm. He's going to be in an interesting battle with Api Corusel. They're two very experienced and electric hookers. And overall, I do think that if the Melbourne Storm are going to get home tonight, considering they have lost Nelson Asafa Solomona, who is their punch through the middle in the forward pack, and they are still without Ryan Pappenhausen and now Jerome Hughes, if the Melbourne Storm are going to get home tonight, it's going to be off the backs of these two. Onto the West Tigers now, and they are basically performing open heart surgery on their team this week in order to try and get some results on the board and to 
try and halt this downward spiral as it continues. There is a lot of shifting in key positions, with the only exception being Apicorosau. So without further ado, let's have a look at the team list. Adam Dewey is moving to fullback. There were some concerns last week that he did have an injury, although even with that injury, it was a pretty poor performance at 5'8 that saw him move to fullback mid-game and Charlie Staines moved out onto the wing. David Nofaluma was hooked during the game in order to move Charlie Staines onto the wing and David Nofaluma was dropped this week. So it seems that Nofa is out of favour at the West Tigers and I would not be surprised at all if we see him move on to another club, quite possibly the Melbourne Storm, at season's end or even earlier. Anyway, Charlie Staines and Junior Tupo will make up the wings. Brent Naden, who had a good solo performance last week against the Bulldogs, and Asu Kapoa in the centres. Brandon Wakeham is coming in at 5'8". He definitely created some spark for the West Tigers last week when they desperately needed it. He was part of the reason that they were able to get some points on the board and give the Bulldogs a right scare. So he has earned the spot at 5'8 this week with Luke Brooks at halfback. Stefano Uto-Kamano and David Klemmer are the starting props with Api Corusau at hooker. Isaiah Papali'i and John Bateman are the back row. John Bateman... Did everything he possibly could last week to get the West Tigers up, but he did bomb a solo try by knocking it on over the line. However, John Bateman is all effort and he's all intensity. And if you're a, his, a teammate of his and you make a mistake, he'll put the fear of God in you and he could be exactly what the Tigers need. It will probably take some time for him to get used to this team, but I do believe John Bateman can have quite an impact. For now, Paul will make will be the lock forward, and on the bench is Dane Laurie, who has been relegated to the bench in result of the aforementioned open heart surgery. Alex Twal still waiting for his first try, and so is Andrew Voss for that matter. Shout out to you, Vossie. Sean Bloor and Alex Safepath make up the bench for the West Tigers. The one to watch, well. It's got to be the spy, pretty much. I mean, there's been so much chopping and changing with this as they're trying to get some results and they're trying to figure things out. We've had three fullbacks in the fullback role for the West Tigers already. We're only in round four. Adam Dewey is now back there. It'll be interesting to see how he goes. We have heard that this injury is turf toe, which is uncomfortable, but not exactly debilitating. But Adam Dewey is going to need to put a decent performance in. Charlie Staines goes back to the wing. As a result, Brandon Wakeham comes in. He proved last week that he could actually be a handy little signing. It'll be interesting to see if he can help get the best out of Luke Brooks in a full game against the Melbourne Storm because he seemed to get something out of Luke Brooks last week where Brooks was able to just focus on his running game and as a result had a couple of great try involvements and a try for himself. Apicorosau is the other member of the spine and he's probably the one that has got the most chance of creating some impact and causing yet another upset to ruin the Storm's week. But he needs some help. Apicorosau, we've noticed the last couple of weeks, is that when he darts out of dummy half, he's looking for a support runner to hand the ball off to someone coming off his hip. And it seems like the Tigers, time and time again, have been missing the memo. If they manage to get a support runner up along with Appy, they might be able to create something off the spark that Appy tries to light. So it'll be very interesting to see how the Tigers go this week, see if they've worked on that, see if Appy's had some sprays to say, you know, I need you off my hip if I'm going to dart. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes for the West Tigers. In terms of results, as much as I would like to tip the West Tigers here just for their poor, poor suffering fans, I just can't. I think that the Melbourne Storm, like I said before, they have to bounce back at some point. And if I think that there is one team that they're going to be able to do it against, despite the struggles they're currently having, it's going to be these West Tigers. And I hate to say that for Tigers fans. I really, really do. But I just think that the Melbourne Storm, they are going to be angry. They are going to be determined. They are going to be desperate to put in a good performance, get their season back on track. They've got Cameron Munster back. And I just think that 
a Melbourne Storm side this focused, this determined, this angry at home at Amy Park. I just think they're going to be too much for the West Tigers and I do think it's going to be quite a big scoreline. I'm predicting it's going to be the Melbourne Storm and I'm predicting it's going to be by 18 plus points. I am terribly sorry, West Tigers fans. If any Tigers fans would like to get in touch with me, I will be happy to send you a basket of flowers and some chockies. <laughs> but I just cannot tip any other team in this game but the Melbourne Storm. So that is my review for the game with the Melbourne Storm versus the West Tigers. Up next, we'll have a look at the battle at Brisbane in of whatever. The battle in Brisbane, which will see the Brisbane Broncos take on the Redcliffe Dolphins. And yes, I'm calling them the Redcliffe Dolphins. I just can't call them the Dolphins. It just sounds silly. Anyway, let's get into the preview. The Broncos have been the standouts to start season 2023. They've had some exceptional wins against the Penrith Panthers, the North Queensland Cowboys, and then last week, the St. George Illawarra Dragons. The Dragons were in that game right up to their eyeballs until Reese Walsh finally clocked on in the last 10 minutes and blew them out of the water with an assist from Adam Reynolds. So they have been the exceptional performers so far this season and the Dolphins, well, they've been impressing everybody. I think everybody, based on their recruitment in the offseason, had them as a bottom eight team, but they've competed and they've competed against some really quality teams like the Sydney Roosters and the Canberra Raiders and a pretty depleted Newcastle Knights, but they, they can only play what's in front of them and they've gotten the job done on all three occasions. So the Dolphins have been the surprise packages this year already and I think everybody's getting a bit of a soft spot in their hearts for the Dolphins. So this will be a very interesting contest for sure. Not to mention uh, the old Fox, the head coach for the Dolphins, Wayne Bennett, returning to Brisbane to face the Broncos and to anybody who knows anything about their rugby league, they know that there is a long and rather spotty history there between Wayne Bennett and the Brisbane Broncos. He will most definitely have his side up for this one. They might be able to pull off another ambush or the Broncos will get their fourth in a row. We shall see. The noticeable change in team lists surrounds a possible change, not yet a confirmed one with the Dolphins. There are rumours of an injury to young gun 5'8", Isaiah Katoa. There is a possibility that Anthony Milford will be coming into the side to replace him, though it will likely be confirmed in the final team submission before kickoff if the change does happen. will be interesting to see how Anthony Milford goes. We know he got a kick up the backside from Wayne Bennett after some pretty shocking form in the trial, so it will be interesting to see how Milford responds to that if he does end up playing. It will be a loss, definitely. The combination that Isaiah Katoa and Sean O'Sullivan are building has been exceptional, considering that last year Isaiah Katoa was playing SG Ball and Sean O'Sullivan was the understudy for Nathan Cleary at the Penrith Panthers. But we should have known before the Dolphins got started, but we should have known long before that to never doubt Wayne Bennett's ability to get the best out of the players in his roster. So that is the only possible change. They're still missing Jeremy Marshall King, who has one more game to serve of his suspension. So Cody Nikarima, who was impressive last week against the Newcastle Knights in hooker, will be once again wearing the nine. There is also the removal of Felice Kafusi from this team after failing to have his charge downgraded at the judiciary. I made my feelings on this particular incident clear at the beginning of the podcast. I think this is outrageous, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Felice Kafusi is out of the team for the Dolphins, so Poasa Farmasili has come in to replace him. So here is the team list. The team list for the Dolphins, who are the home team for this encounter, even though it's being played at Suncorp Stadium, which is, of course, the home stadium of the Broncos. That's going to be a bit weird. The team list is Hamaso Tabuifido at fullback, Jermaine Asako and Tessie New on the wings. Tessie New had a blinder last week, so I think he's definitely cemented himself on that wing. Ewan Aiken, who also had a great game last week, and Branko Lee. 
Isaiah Katoa and Sean O'Sullivan are the halves as it stands right now. Again, we are waiting to hear about a possible last-minute switch. The Bromwich brothers will be the bookends in the front row, Jesse and Kenny. Cody Nikarima again slotting in at hooker in place of the suspended Jeremy Marshall King. Poasa Farmasili and Connolly Lemuelu make up the back row with Tom Gilbert at lock. Tom Gilbert has been the backbone of this Dolphins team. He gets through so much work. He's got such a great work ethic. And on the bench, we have Jared Wallace, Mark Nichols, Ray Stone, and the young high-flying kid, Mason Teague. The key player to watch for me for the Dolphins this week, Sean O'Sullivan's probably got his toughest assignment yet in taking on his opposing number, Adam Reynolds. Adam Reynolds has been exceptional to start this season for the Brisbane Broncos. His kicking game has been sublime. Sean O'Sullivan, who can definitely match Adam Reynolds in terms of organisation, game management and having a good footy brain, is going to need to have his skills up to par to compete with Adam Reynolds. It is going to be a challenge for Sean, but I do think he's capable of really taking it to Ren Diggity and certainly giving the Dolphins every chance of winning this game. And for the Brisbane Broncos, the team list, Rich. Reese Walt once again at fullback with Jesse Arthurs and Selwyn Cobbo on the wings, Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farnworth in the centres. Ezra Mam has overcome a minor leg concern to partner Adam Reynolds in the halves. Tom Flagler and the Beast of Brisbane, Payne Haas, will make up the front row. We'll talk more about Payne Haas in a second. Billy Walters will start the game at hooker. Kirk Capewell and Jordan Rickey make up the second row and Pat Carrigan will lock the scrum. Corey Prakes will come on at hooker at some point. He'll start on the bench. Keenan Palacia is into the side. Corey Jensen and Marty Tapao make up the interchange for the Broncos. Two players to watch for the Brisbane Broncos tonight. For me, the first one is the fullback, Reese Walsh. He was pretty much nowhere to be seen for the first 70 minutes of the game last week against the Dragons, but in the final 10, he exploded, managed to knock up 90 super coach points. Just quietly, a little bit of frustration there. You couldn't have done that all game, Reese. And then he completely blew the Dragons out of the water with an exceptional last 10. If he can do that for the full 80, then this scoreline against the Dolphins could be anything and Reese Walsh as a player could be anything. So it'll be very interesting to see how much involvement he has on this game tonight and to see if he can put in a full 80-minute performance. The other one, well, it has to be the prototype prop of the future, Payne Haas. This guy is just built differently. He's a different kind of front rower than we've seen. He's got an engine that can go the full 80 if required. I mean, that's insane. Not to mention his ability to break games open. He's so hard to tackle, his tackle-busting ability. He set up four tries when he went on for his 10-minute stint at the end of the Dragons game last week. That's just insane and something that we don't see from a front rower. So, and I do think that Payne Haas still has some more strings that he can add to his bow that can make him one of the most exciting, dangerous, and impactful players in this game. So those are my two players to watch, Reese Walsh and Payne Haas. They've got the real X factor that can make this Brisbane Broncos team into a real premiership threat. In terms of the results, I think it's going to be the Brisbane Broncos, and I think it's going to be the Brisbane Broncos by 12 points. I think the Dolphins are going to put up a good fight, but I think that the concerns that we've all had about this squad ever since their introduction into the NRL, I think this is the night that it comes to fruition. The Broncos have an exceptionally strong squad, and they're all performing very well. And I think that this is the week where... The Dolphins, like I expect that they're going to put all of their effort into it as they have, and they do have the potential to cause an upset, but I just think that this is the week. There's Adam Reynolds on the field. He's very good at managing a game. They've got so many players with so much strikes, such as Reese Walsh and Katoni Staggs. I just think that it's going to be the Brisbane Broncos that are going to take this one home, and I think it is going to be by 12 points.
So that's my preview for the Friday night games, guys. We'll be back tomorrow to have a look at the shortened Saturday schedule and then the lengthened Sunday schedule. But until then, have a great day.